0: Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast, 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. A few little things coming up this week before we get to our top story. We have some live events. We have the Rockfin Deep Dive Live. That is now live Wednesday, first Wednesday of every month. We're going to try to stick to that five o'clock live at five, five o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern, only on Rockfin, for Rockfin subscribers. This is my favorite propaganda report offering, bar none. Um, even though Binkley takes that opportunity to trigger me, I don't know if it's a latent hostility or what, but he pisses me off every time. But we do end up laughing about it later. Uh, so check it out for yourself on Rockfin this Wednesday. Also... We always do the DNB and the DNB XR live on video on Thursday. So for paid subscribers, you can watch it on Rockfin. And if you want to see it free, since we uh, got our live streaming rights suspended on YouTube and they took down our last DNB XR or DNB Live, we are exclusively on Rumble. We have a channel on Rumble and the free DNB on video will be streamed live Thursday on Rumble one o'clock pacific four o'clock eastern and it's the first friday so we have a disappearing patron party for all party level tiers on patreon so if you just if you're just a truth sponge you're getting the most bang for your buck if you're anything above that you get invited to the dpp i may even invite Rockfin subscribers this week so let's see if i can figure out how to get all those emails in my system and i will send you a link This Friday, we are going to have special guests Legs and Buffalo Rambler of False Reality Check. They're pretty funny, and they actually make us funnier, so you're going to like that, too. And that's it for the (laughs) housekeeping. Sorry, I hate to throw that up front, but people want to know, so I want to tell you. All right, Binkley, bring us back to the the world of make-believe. That's a
1: good way to put it, because everything we're seeing on television at least appears to be from the world of make believe in the way it's presented. At least Biden is going to be doing his first state of the union address tomorrow. As you recall, he skipped his previous one. He just decided he wasn't going to do that one. But he's doing the first one tomorrow and his speechwriters have revised. Wow, Hold on. No, it's. Is it a week from
0: tomorrow? The state of the union address is constitutionally required of the president once a year Oh, so the first one would have been March right after he was inaugurated. Yeah, he didn't do it. Right. OK. Yeah. Right, OK. Because that, that's unconstitutional. I, I probably caught that at the time, but I missed I it. I think you
1: did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I probably did. Yeah. It's <laughs> like very few things the president is entitled to do and required to do. And that's one of them. So, OK, so we think he's going to try, try to get it right this time. He's going to give it get a it shot at... this time. Well, he's going
1: to be constitutional in doing it, I guess.
0: I think they lifted the mask mandate at the White House. So maybe that now that he can breathe, he can stand up for a half an hour and
1: he can brag about all the mask being taken off and overcoming the pandemic. Oh, yeah, of course,
0: because as you pointed out, all of this is a campaign ploy for the Democrats for 2022.
1: It is. And it also shifts focus to the other main subject of what the address is going to be, which is the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So his speechwriters have altered the speech to fit what's going on right now. And it's going to be emphasizing Russia as the aggressor in this effort. And it's going to also emphasize the united response by the U.S. and its allies against Russia and the efforts that President Biden has led over the past several months to build a global coalition to fight against the autocracy. And against the efforts of President Putin to invade a foreign country. So we're going to see Biden presented as a person uniting the world against this common enemy, and they're going to be emphasizing an underlying theme of keeping the, well, I almost said the World War I one, but they're going to be (laughs) emphasizing the common underlying theme of defending democracies, which to me echoes the keep the world safe for democracy of World War I campaign. And it it very much reeks of that. And then it goes on, this article goes on, it was, quoting Jen Psaki. It's going to also be focusing on Biden's domestic policy agenda, which will include a plea to Congress to pass parts of his stalled Build Back Better legislation. And I find it funny that they call the Build Back Better legislation part of his domestic policy agenda when it comes straight from the World Economic Forum.
0: (laughs) I know they really should just copyright it and get like paid for using Seriously, the every time they use it, they should be making money. But I just expect to see a little trademark thing
1: in the corner. Absolutely. Maybe there is. It's just so tiny, you have to really <laughs> focus in on it. But they're also going to have, or they've already erected a fence the Capitol Police have around the Capitol grounds ahead of the speech tomorrow. The fencing is in an effort to heighten security and prepare for possible protests by the big rig truckers in the coming days. So- A lot of propaganda going on in this event. It's going to be Biden presenting, really, we're seeing this scattered propaganda about the Ukraine and Russia thing going on. We're going to see Biden kind of bring it all together tomorrow, I believe, and it's really going to demonize in a very powerful way. Russia as the new Nazi, as the enemy that the world is fighting, the new threat as opposed to COVID, which you'll probably say we've emerged out of successfully. And it's going to put Biden as this triumphant leader who's brought this effort against Russia. But I think it's going to be one of the great illustrations of propaganda in the world at this point in time. So it's worth tuning in just for that.
0: All right. Well, I'll leave that to you. I've never been able to tolerate that stuff. So unless... I think it's fun to tweet at it live. That yeah, I do think is pretty is. fun. Yeah. So, okay. Maybe we could do it on locals. That would be really super fun. Um, okay, so just an update on what's going on over there. It's the latest is Ukraine and Russia got together in Belarus, and which is where the Minsk Agreement happened, by the way. And they both Western and Russian media agree and Ukrainian media agree that although they fail to agree on a ceasefire, they have reached certain decisions. They will have a little pre-meeting meeting meeting for the next round and they expect to make some progress. So. I think they're going to move to Poland next time. And they have identified a couple of priorities that they think the solutions are already being outlined. Okay, so that's a little different from the insane blaring propaganda that's coming out of the Western media. And what's funny is the difference between the, quote, news as being reported by Western mainstream media and kind of anybody who isn't captured by Western mainstream media. And this is exactly what happened in the first round of Ukraine stuff. That's why our friend Professor Oliver Boyd Barrett wrote that book about how completely disconnected to any facts the Western mainstream media was with regards to the original Ukraine story. And uh, so a big article today in The Wall Street Journal said the, that the West that um, it was something about how Russia's first test of its modern military has been a failure. That they have failed to take or keep any Ukrainian city and they they must be shocked at the resistance they're meeting. Now, you know that Putin doesn't want to take any of those cities. That's not what he was saying that what they're saying right now in real time is. Civilians are not in danger. You shouldn't be freaking out. We're only hitting military targets. And what how you can verify that with your own eyes is there's only one picture of like Kiev burning. And it's a picture of Kiev not burning with like a sm- smoke in the background. You know, what picture I'm talking about because it's the only picture. And then there was another picture today. It was just like a blur. It's in the Wall Street Journal. It's just a blur. And the caption says Russian troops moving into Ukraine. It's literally a blur. There's, like, a there's lot nothing. Of that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking blur. And uh, so, so they yeah, so they're doing that. And, uh, but of course, Putin is, so I actually was talking to somebody whose friend was completely not worried. He was in Ukraine. And. But then he he left in a hurry, didn't even grab his laptop with his wife and kids and headed for Poland. Like this was a guy who was cool as a cucumber a week ago and he's in full out panic today. So I called my friend. I was like, what's happening? And she said that, well, the Ukraine, Ukraine troops, they put a bunch of tanks and stuff on a street. And it was they were like, you can get out right this second. But in five minutes, we're going to block this stuff off and you're never leaving. You're not leaving. We are blocking this off. You're near like the deepest subway station in the world. There's a lot of stuff going on. So the people, the only person I know or even know of who actually fled was fleeing because of the mobilization of the troops, the Ukraine troops. So it's not like there's a Russian invasion and that's what you're seeing there. And that's what is driving the refugees. So another thing that was like different between the West and the uh non-western media is this this and I, i feel bad because people i know and love are like very choked up by the courage that's being depicted in the propaganda of the people lining up for guns and making molotov cocktails and all this kind of stuff and then Putin points out, or that side pointed out, okay, these places are full of Nazis. You're giving away guns and even stronger weapons that are basically illegal. You're doing it indiscriminately. It's creating a sense of anarchy and panic and lawlessness and danger that may actually manifest itself without Russia having to even go in there. So when you're lining up your civilians, men, women, and children to make Molotov cocktails and handing out, I think, 140,000 guns, It looks like these are freedom fighters, but when you know you have a a Nazi infestation, giving away free guns might not be the right thing to do unless that's what you want. Unless you want to arm the right sector and the Azov Battalion, the, the Nazis there against, you know, and push them out to the borders. I mean, it's just the propaganda doesn't match any kind of logical narrative. No, not at all. And can I have a story
1: later on that actually fits right perfect with this? It's right, Go. same exact theme. If I could jump into that, yeah, responding sure. to you is the propaganda on both the left and the right domestically here. They have the same goals in mind. So the left and right usually disagree, but this time they're both oh. agreeing on Fox side. and CNN. Absolutely, were identical. Right? They really are identical, and it's. I emphasize, again, one of the most amazing propaganda campaigns that's ever happened, probably ever happened up to this point in time. But just here's just a quick list of things that I, I have seen in the, in the news and in media. SNL's cold opening featured the Ukrainian chorus, dumka of New York. They didn't do any comedy. It just was a very dramatic, kind of like when oh, Hillary no Clinton way. lost. Yes, it was just a very dramatic chorus from this Ukrainian... Chorus, a- and they had the Ukrainian theme throughout the the show, and then you have Hillary in an, a recent interview calling for citizens and groups like Anonymous to conduct cyber attacks against the Russian government and Russian institutions. We had a blonde female Fox News reporter uh, talk very bubbly about how if more Russian mothers had their sons show up in body bags at their homes, and that would put more pressure on Putin. We had a CNN reporter say that we all want Russian blood spilled. All of these networks, like you said a moment ago, are praising the giving out of guns to Ukrainians, are praising 70-year-old men showing up to fight for the Ukraine, praising teens wanting to join the military in Ukraine, and they're praising giving out Molotov cocktails
0: to the public. So I want to address this issue of guns. Yes, I am a complete believer in the right of self-defense. There's absolutely, I would say, unmitigated Second Amendment rights. But I've often said this about things like drugs and guns. When you have bans and control and disconnect the culture and the people from from God's gift to man, like the herbs that grow out of the ground and our medicines. They forget how to use them. The same thing with guns, gun culture, stuff like that. And I'm not even saying that those people don't have a right. They should be armed. They should have already been armed. They should have been armed when the U.S. did a, a coup in their country in 2014. And then maybe their brethren in the Donbass wouldn't have had eight years of war and been disconnected from their families if they had only stood up for those Ukrainians. But it seems to me like when things are banned like that, they're either banned or they're promoted. They're, they're weaponized, weaponizing weapons. You know, they're weaponized. Like you can, you can send crack into the inner city. And if you have good enough drug laws, that makes a complete economic and medical disaster, cultural, social. So what they're doing, I'm not saying like the citizens shouldn't have guns. What I'm saying is it's, it is not being set up for a continuation of a natural self defense. Uh, posture. Right. And this
1: is a simple sabotage manual campaign modernized. If you go read the simple sabotage manual, which is on the CIA's website, it is the OSS, which was what the CIA used to be called, promoting these exact same tactics, but back in the 1940s, so they're well, not as, that's what modernized they're doing. as they are. Now, they're doing the exact same thing, trying to get the citizens to rise up. Yet, if we say that we, somebody uh, put a stack of bricks outside when they knew there was going to be a, a riot the, <laughs> yeah. the next day, they call you crazy conspiracy theorists. And one other thing was the vodka dumping and then protest, they're doing this coverage of protesters in Russia. What's vodka pro-
0: dumping? That we're not
1: selling oh, vodka? Oh, we're not selling yet? Russian vodka. Great, right. Yeah, okay. liquor stores. Yeah, not selling Russian vodka. But they probably they weren't selling it? it anyway. I guarantee yeah. you, if was their top seller, they wouldn't be dumping the Russian vodka. But they showed the protesters in Ukraine and Russia holding signs I think one of them was outside of uh, in Crimea, outside the, the building there with Putin Protesting, yet all the signs are written in English and all the chanting is in
0: English <laughs> That's hilarious so This is
1: for Western audiences so This is funny. a very coordinated yeah. effort for Western audiences Whether, whatever si- I don't know who's the good guy, who's the bad guy I just know that they don't want us to think about it at all
0: well, one of the things that Putin is calling for is that the Nazis who were responsible, I believe it's the Azov Battalion, maybe also the right sector, uh, who had uh, were responsible for burning unarmed people alive in a building in Odessa in 2014. It was an unbelievable atrocity. I think there was like a pregnant woman jumped out the window. But... He wants to bring those people to justice. He wants very, very limited things. And I think he will probably get them. And maybe our guys will say it's a, you know, a victory for us or whatever. Although I'm not so sure. I think that the people who are pulling the strings here are happy to have this conflict. But I did want to point out when this goes with the World Economic Forum looking to weaponize celebrities, which obviously they already were. I mean, that's what they're there for. However, it's really beginning to make me sick that the celebrities and everybody's like, we really stand with the people of Ukraine. It's like, really, why didn't you stand for the people of Ukraine who were getting killed in Odessa or who have been separated from their families for years, who have been shelled and abused and oppressed? by a coup that you didn't say, look at this uh, unprovoked and unjustified attack on this country, you know, when when the US did it. But now all of a sudden and it just it really pisses me off because they're totally ignorant and yet they allow themselves to become impassioned by this yeah. propaganda. You know, and I just I feel like enough is enough. Like you have to take responsibility for your own mind. I used to say that to my mother. mother's like the propaganda. You can't blame people. She says you can blame people. People have a responsibility to think they have free will. You just you can't blame you, you can't blame it on Edward Bernays. <laughs> oh my God.
1: Right. And using those passions and that tribal warfare and that fact that Trump was on, uh, they can and they hate Trump. So they transfer that hate over to Russia and the support of Ukraine. It really is. You have oh. to really step back and think about what you're supporting before you dive yes. in so passionately.
0: We saw this from the very beginning that they were getting the left to hate Russia because they were allying Russia in the mind. They they took Trump derangement syndrome and they used it as front running for Germans are all spies. You know, the World War One type like your German neighbor is a spy like they that they conflated Trump and Russia so that you can now have the left think that they're justified in being the war party, which they always were. Anyway, that's another thing my mother said. Well, we know Democrats start wars. So, and by the way, but in defense of those who are propagandized and why Ukraine, which I'm sure Ukraine had plenty of people, because you look at the language and the religion who might have been eastward looking, westward looking. But when you look back at the clip we played on the February 24th XR of this year, where we played the clips of Victoria Newland talking to Chevron and Exxon Mobil at the UK or the U.S.-Ukraine Foundation saying that she spent $5 billion, I'm sure, of our money to soften them up. She had infiltrators in every sector of society to to convince people to urge the government to turn to the West. So we have been in there manipulating the minds of these people, propagandizing them for a decade already. And and yeah, I mean, you can blame them for that but it's also something that you know our celebrities are are completely ignoring oh
1: absolutely and probably Either blissful, blissfully ignorant or they don't care, and
0: or it's the World Economic Forum thing that you were talking about, right? A yeah, of where weeks they bring ago. him in
1: close to help them create the policy and create the yeah. actions. And Zelensky, you're, what you said about Zelensky being an actor, and obviously he was an actor, but you were on top of that aspect of his background. Oh yeah, actually, he is performing his a off right now, going yes. before. Was it the EU or whoever he went before saying this could be the last time you see me alive and doing these yeah. selfie videos? I mean, he gets dressed up. Yeah,
0: he gets dressed up. The military stuff. I mean, he's a comedian. Right. Yeah, like he's he was never in the military. <laughs> he's a comedian. He you're school. right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I actually put in the show notes for today. If you're if for patrons, you or if you want to become a patron, you can get that um Victoria Newland stuff from the February 24th XR. But I also put down there a link to the Zelensky deep dive that I did on in the free 30 on February 16th that he was a created person, and that I mean I didn't expect him to have the role of a lifetime here. I just thought that he was riding this wave of popularity to, like, Trump. But I didn't think he would be... His acting skills would be the thing that they really needed. They needed an actor in there.
1: To try and make him look like a global hero against an evil tyrant.
0: Uh, no. now, really I know. Mean, it's mean, More and more makes me think he's just a putz.
1: Yeah. that. Yeah. I, I kind of think that way, too. Uh, continuing, <laughs> this is also related to what's going on in Ukraine, is that... Facebook has identified and disabled a couple of social media information campaigns that were allegedly exploiting tensions in Russia and Ukraine. One of the operations that they did involved about 40 accounts described as inauthentic with some pictures suspected to have been generated artificially. So, we have talked about those deep fake images for a while now. They're saying that some people created fake pictures. They say the fictitious personas operated across the internet on Twitter, YouTube, Telegram, and two Russian social media networks. And it also included fake websites resembling news outlets that claimed to be based in Kiev, with people behind the sites posing as news editors and expert sources, and that the other operation involved the specific targeting of Facebook accounts that belonged to members of the Ukrainian military, as well as politicians and one journalist. And they say that these profiles were hacked, but that they were portraying Ukra- Ukrainians as weak and surrendering to Russia. And they say one video sh- appeared to show Ukrainian soldiers coming out of a forest waving a white flag, but they say that they were hacked and they weren't real. And this comes in the wake of RT being banned in Europe, they're not gonna. They're gonna ban them in Europe. This is a dis. They're focusing this on the misinformation or what they call misinformation. And my worry and my question is, how long until people who simply question the main narrative that maybe perhaps the Ukrainian president is a bit of an actor here or just don't buy everything wholesale, how long until things like that begin getting removed off of social media platforms here in the United States? Because I already saw an article about Joe Rogan being bashed over having retweeted a fake CNN article about how Steven Seagal had joined the Russian army. (laughs) <laughs> which,
0: which he deleted,
1: but they were using that to say quit spreading disinformation. So I fear that this could be category- anybody who starts questioning this main narrative about Ukraine and Russia could be categorized as Russian misinformation, as we heard the Council on Foreign Relations say, and that be used as the grounds to get them deplatformed.
0: Well, I uh, there's a lot of things that about this that are a continuation of the themes and agenda items that we've been experiencing during yeah. COVID and um I have I have so much on that that I can we cannot get through it now. So maybe we'll do that tomorrow. But all of the consistent themes that. Have yeah, been, yeah, definitely. I mean, just and even as I was thinking of that and then picked up the Wall Street Journal, it's like the Biter meinhof effect, whatever, like every article pointed to the things that I was thinking about uh, as, you know, supply chains worsen, food shortages, all of that. Yeah, it's surveillance, censorship and and all this will promote the Build Back Better stuff that Uh even though it's, you know, maybe they don't get it passed, but they don't need to get it passed if they do it in the back door.
1: Right. It's like we've seen them all intertwined over the past couple of years. And this is a big event that's bringing them all together.
0: All right. Before we get to our
1: deepest dive of the day, where we try to get to the bottom of what is SWIFT and does it really matter, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR, which is what Putin asked for and how we got to this point in a nutshell. And guess who just launched an attempt at a political comeback? It's It's an interesting one. You're going to find out. But before we get to that, please consider supporting the show. It's a win-win for both you and us. We get the support we need to continue providing free DMBs to thousands of listeners daily, and you get tons of extra content, all commercial-free. And this week is your last chance to take advantage of our low introductory offer on Locals. $5 per month for all of our premium commercial-free content. Go to PropReport.com dot locals dot com and sign up for that by the end of this week. And you can also support the show by supporting our sponsors. And now on to the deepest dive of the day.
0: OK, so there has been a new round of sanctions that was announced since the last time we got together. Uh, a couple of the things that are new since the last time we talked were that the US announced that they will kick Russia out of SWIFT. And then there's been another announcement since then that they may also kick Russia out of Interpol. So Interpol is the international policing organization. It allows for cooperation among police forces. It's a crime control thing. It comes out of France. And uh, it has 195 member states. So almost everybody's a part of it. I think if you cut out Russia from that, you would you might be biting off your nose despite your face because you probably get more out of Russia than Russia gets out of you. I, you know, so I think you it, it, who knows if Russia gives exile or what. But if they stop cooperating, you may lose your criminals more rapidly than they lose theirs. But. The thing that was more important was some of the economic and financial sanctions. We already talked about Nord Stream 2, the gas pipeline that was about to open this year, which I thought was a very significant part of why. See, I think, and maybe we can talk about this in the XR. I think that, you know, yes, let's definitely talk about this in the XR. But I think this has been provoked. So I believe that. The powers that be, they're being presented as incompetent or weak or miscalculating. But I think they knew they know Putin well enough to know which he would choose from the choice he had. So he had a choice between backing up or asserting himself. And he knows that they know that, you know, they're provoking him. He knows he's being provoked, but he has no choice. So he in his mind. So he is definitely doing this. And I think that one of the reasons they're doing it now, they decided to do it now. And in the XR, I'll tell you in what ways I think they did provoke him. They did it before Nord Stream 2 could get turned on, which would double the gas into Germany that Russia already provides so much for them. And maybe they thought that this would be the time that he would be more likely to back down. But regardless, if he if he backed down, okay, then. They've got him cornered and it's not s- such a big deal that he's he and Germany have a relationship. Or he comes forward and they have that new chancellor in Germany and they get to uh shut down the Nord Stream two certification. And that's how it is so far. They've uh, um limited the ability for the Russian government to raise debt. They've blacklisted many of Russia's biggest banks, and they said that they will kick them off swift and they also announced measures to paralyze russia's central bank from using its more than 600 billion dollars in currency reserves so there's a lot a lot of stuff here i'll never get to all of it but um there are problems with if you cut them off financially you're creating two systems two systems and that means that we have our system the west is our system and russia and china both have alternatives to swift and you could do Several things there, but you could weaken the impact of Swiss, Swift as there are. There should always be competition to everything anyway. So it's actually theoretically a good thing. Competition always checks greed and abuse, but absolute power, of course, is greedy and abusive. So that's a good thing in that way. I do worry that if you start disconnecting the dollar from a hundred percent of global transactions, then you get a lot of dollars rushing back home. And that will exacerbate our inflation problem. But in any case, they, the Western, the, the, the SWIFT system, I didn't know, I thought it was an, a financial clearinghouse. It's not a financial clearinghouse. It stands for Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication. See, I thought that T stood for transaction. It's not, it's just communication. So, but if you know, if you know how like, airline reservations work. It's communication and coordination are super, super important and very complicated. And to get it right and to do it quickly, I mean, has taken decades to build up, at least in the airline business. And I'm sure it's true here too. But it is a financial messaging infrastructure that links the world's banks. And it's a messaging system that roots messages with instructions from bank to bank, allowing them to know where the money ultimately needs to go so it's really when the more i read about it the more i think of it as an airline reservation system that's like okay you can make connections where are your bags where are you going to be ultimately if something happens you know where can what flight can you take instead can you use a different airline uh so it handles millions of daily payment instructions ac- across more than 200 countries and territories and 11,000 financial institutions. Now, Iran and North Korea are cut off from it. And there are people who say that Iran and North Korea the reason that they are backwards is really the sanctions and not their form of government. You know, they the western world wants you to look at those countries and say they're poor, they're um debilitated because of their ideology but and cuba too but who knows like uh, these countries sweden always had socialism they weren't debilitated they didn't have outright communism i'm not defending any of that i'm just saying that the sanctions may actually have that kind of an impact but north korea and iran don't have kind of everything they need and um if russia's in partnership with china it's not like the the anything in the western world is a complete monopoly you know, uh, Russia and China are the, are that is the world island. Eurasia is the world island. They have food, they have energy, they have manufacturing, they have landmass, they have populations. You could just cut it in half. And I'll tell you why I think that's maybe what they're doing on purpose. But in any case, uh, so... This kind of cross-border financing is really critical to the economy, to trade, to foreign investment, to central banks getting their um, remittances. There's just a lot of back and forth with central banks. And... uh But it could also backfire a little bit on Europe, which uses a lot of the oil and gas coming out of Russia. If they can't do their transactions, then they may not be first in line and they really count on being first in line. It could drive the prices of that kind of stuff up. The EU imports 40 percent of its gas from Russia. That's a lot. There's also a lot of Western bank um, exposure to Russia so if swift just unplugged see that's why i think they didn't do it overnight because there's about 120 billion dollars in assets owed to western banks by russian based entities and it would they what leverage would they have to get that money back so there's a lot of um reasons why the people here would not necessarily like it. And then there are a couple of reasons why in the long run, it really won't make that much of a difference. So for me, it's yes, it's going to be disruptive, but the, China has alternatives and Russia has alternatives. Russia has dozens of banks on theirs. China has dozens more. Yes, it would be a little difficult to push all the traffic over there. You'd have to kind of ex- Band the, the uh, load bearing capacity of that, maybe it's not quite as good, but if you force a lot of traffic over there, you're gonna force that stuff to get better. And it may even be you know, a plot by the West. Maybe the West wants to have a bipolar world again. Maybe they want to undermine the financial structure to push people into crypto, to justify whatever kind of collapse we may be looking at to justify a digi dollar. I mean, there's a lot of reasons they might want to do this. I don't think it is a long term crippling thing if Russia and China work together and use their alternatives. So I I think the other shoe is gonna drop, but that's basically where we're at. They haven't done it yet. I think they wanna insulate the impact to the West first.
1: Yeah, I think that this is definitely some sort of plot by the West and I, I don't know how they're gonna get there, Ultimately, but I believe that this war is part of the Great Reset. I agree with you.
0: And I want to talk a little bit that some of the story I'm going to get to tomorrow and some of the stuff in the XR. I want to talk about that. Uh, just a real quick shout out. The Vermont Hip Hop Collective wants to shout out the New Prisoners podcast. I see them. We interact with them during the DNB XR Live. I know that. I've been wanting to check them out myself. Uh Vermont Hippie Collective was actually on that show. Is you hippie also, or hip hop? Uh, sorry, hip hop. I always think hippie, because Vermont is hippie, right? But <laughs> I guess they got hip hop, too. Ross Ulbricht, he wants to shout out Ross Ulbricht. He has a song that he's donating 100% of the proceeds to the Free Ross Foundation. It's called Hashtag Free Ross, which is, of course, a very robust and valid hashtag on Twitter. I think that I, I don't believe in Assange. I don't believe in Snowden. I think those guys are something I don't... There's something going on behind the scenes there, but with Russ Albrecht's boy, I just... I feel for that guy. I think he's just totally, totally... uh not, I mean, innocent isn't the right word. It's it's just he shouldn't be in jail. He didn't do anything wrong. and He's going to spend life there. He was railroaded. He was stolen from. Sick.
1: Yeah, so support. All the proceeds go to supporting his efforts. So that's very cool. Uh, I want to mention one quick thing before we get out of here. Today is what's called Rare Disease Day. And if you have a rare disease or you know anybody that has a rare disease, they go underdiagnosed. Often a rare disease is just one that... Has been misdiagnosed that, that other people have that they just haven't diagnosed correctly, but they don't get much funding. There's not much treatment. Not no funding for the research. There's not much treatment options when people who have rare diseases go in. My mom had a very rare disease, so I have a little bit of of experience with this. And oftentimes they're given very little guidance, so they have to either kind of just deal with it themselves, accept their fate, or, or uh, be proactive about it. But there are resources out there if you are in that situation. Uh, my recommendation off the, off the top would just to be to type in whatever the diagnosis has been and type in resources or rare disease plus whatever the diagnosis is plus resources or discussion forums. And you will actually find that there are little communities around these rare diseases. A positive of the internet era that we live in where people like this can actually connect across the globe as opposed to being separated and not realize that there are more resources than they previously thought. That can help people out so think about that on rare disease day thank you monica for your news and insights wonderful as always you guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at the or your favorite podcasting app under the propaganda report podcast feed if you want to check us out on locals you can go to propreport.locals.com and find us there thank you all for listening we will talk to you tomorrow or in the dnbxr have a fantastic rest of your day